You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show, and uh, that's to uh, thank Boomer Jacks for for sponsoring Love of the Star. Uh, Boomer Jacks, of course, it, it is the best spot for cheap eats and drinks. You can take in any game you need there. Wall-to-wall TVs, live music, awesome atmosphere. And on Tuesday and Wednesday specifically, half-price wings. And so if, if you're a big wing guy or gal, you need to go hit up Boomer Jacks on Tuesday and Wednesday, I'd say. Tuesday with the bone-in, Wednesday with the boneless. Brian, you a bone-in or a bone-out guy? Bone-in guy for sure. But I also want to say something too, Bobby. If you're if you're one of those guys or gals that's coming in for the – the game against commanders this weekend, you know, Hey, you know, hit Bobby and I on Twitter. Yes. Uh, let us know that. Uh, we love when we, when you're at Boomer Jacks, they've got all your college games. They've got great food, go in there, hang out. They'll be good on your pocketbook as you're, uh, cause you're going to need all that money at AT&T stadium the next day. So <laughs> yeah, just uh, hang out at Boomer Jacks, let you know you're there and uh, we'll give you a shout out as well. Absolutely. So Boomer Jacks, the spot for you, uh, go, go check them out this weekend for the college football games. It's a wonderful spot. You can find your uh, location, 17 DFW locations at boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, now it's time for our favorite segment of the show, uh, the Twitter mailbag, where we get to talk to our listeners a little bit. Uh, first question here, let's go with uh, Ryan. And I know you addressed this one on Twitter a little bit, but I'll give you a chance to talk about it here on the air as well. Uh, he says, has Joe Philbin earned back a little respect with how the semi-disaster scenario offensive line has played? While the decisions have been questioned, the results have been positive, better than the end of last season, better than most expected. I, you know what, Bobby? I answered his question. I just said, let me answer this question right now. So I'll answer. I answered it on Twitter, and I answered it for you him right now. Absolutely. You know, Joe Philbin, again, been very critical of, of some of the things that they've done offensively. Uh didn't always agree with uh, how they were playing some of the guys, maybe some of the development of some of the guys. But you have to give him credit for what's going on again with Terrence Steele at right tackle, who I've been, again, very critical of. You have to give him credit with Tyler Smith. Now, I will say this. There was some thought about that Joe Philbin, and I'll repeat this, that maybe in the uh, in the drafting process that Joe Philbin might be like some other players over Tyler Smith. And maybe some guys in the scouting department were saying, hey, you know, no, Joe, you, you should really, this is a guy. And then the head coach stepped in. So, you know, Joe Philbin coming around, but Joe Philbin also probably has a hand in what's going on with Jason Peters. He also has a hand in what's going on with Tyler Biotish, you know. So, yeah, I, I, you have to give him absolute credit. You know, this offensive line could have looked like Cincinnati's and the Giants, and it hasn't. And, and you have to give the line coaches both credit for that. Yeah, and look, I think that another aspect that deserves some credit for is obviously like we talk about veterans like Jason Peters, that they're able to step in and help out there. 
There's also guys out there like, uh, you know, Duke Manyweather, friend of the show here, uh, who, who do a great job giving these guys some some supplemental coaching and, and some yeah. during the offseason with, with the way the CBA rules about what kind of coaching they can receive when, you know, they're in the offseason mode. Um, I'm curious, when, when you were scouting, when you were doing things, was that common? Were there were there oh, no. yeah. that were able to work with guys during the offseason and stuff like that? Yeah, coaches are phobic about this, and I haven't been, you know, I, uh, 2005 was the last time I was in a front office, so again, a long time ago. Sure. But I, we, we really didn't, you know, you really didn't want anybody messing with your players. You know, you really didn't want, I know back in the day, way back in the day, like the Brett Farbs that I was with and Mark Burnells and guys like that, you know, they, they didn't have – extra coaches they weren't going you know the guys like uh, a name that just pops in my head is tom house who the former major league baseball relief you know pitcher and, and I tom, with. yeah tom tom you know when tom came along you're like going what you know the one thing that we were okay with were the speed coaches you know there were these speed coaches around the country that guys went and worked with and you're like going oh, okay well maybe that will help but when you're starting talking about mechanics and you know how you set a pass set or how you throw a ball, that was that was really kind of frowned upon. And nowadays it's it's more accepted that that you know there's more than one ways to do these things. You know, if somebody comes in and gives you, if Duke has a great idea on a pass set or a kick and a slide and a hand placement thing, by all means, if if you could get better doing that, if it improves because of something a technique flaw that you see and you can improve by all means, let's go for it. And especially with the network of offensive linemen that a guy like Duke has created where he's got other linemen across the league. Was that again, similar point. See, yeah. Were there like all pro offensive linemen who were like all gathering together from different. That's crazy. That's crazy to me because I would have never, ever, ever believed that Reggie White, would have pulled together all the great pass rushers in the league. Like Von Miller's son. Von yeah, Miller. Von Miller. It's like like these tight ends have figured out, listen, hey, let's all get together and talk about how to beat tight ends. And even if it's at the expense of your strong safeties or linebackers that are covering these guys. Yeah. You know? And that that is something that we would have never, ever, ever. You 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 saw guys get together at the Pro Bowl and talk and, and have fun and kind of visit with each other, but not to the point where, Hey, let's all gather in Los Angeles and have a pass rushing camp. Yeah. You know, I mean, that in itself is, and the teams, I've never asked anybody if they are bothered with that, because like I say Von Miller to go learn from Von Miller. If I'm Dorrance Armstrong and I get to go to Von Miller pass rush school and, but then I'm playing, you know, but then I'm playing the Bills and I'm wearing out their tackles with Von Miller pass rush technique stuff yeah. that I learned. Man, that that as a as a scout or a front office guy, I'd been like, well, I'm happy that Von Miller is on our team, but why is Von Miller telling young players how to play against our tackles? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I guess with all these networks now. It's, oh. it's balanced out because all the tight ends are learning from each other, the offensive linemen, the defensive line. So there's enough like cross. They're, they're all scheming against each other. Is what yeah. And so, so now you're, you're, you're yeah. Level we're gonna get the, playing field, I guess. Yeah, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the Tyron Matthews safety school where they you know okay yeah, we, they're gonna get guys 
When are so we, we going to get the Brian Broaddus Scouting School? Well, they've got scouting schools that are actually oh, no, pretty the Brian good. Broaddus Scouting School. When are we getting that one? Man, I am uh, – you know what's funny? I'm so – much out of the loop on uh, like the metrics and analytics and stuff. And I'm trying to learn about that stuff, but man, my scouting school is so much about tape, you know, and watching that and really the, you know, I, I grew up in a, an era where measurables were big, but man, you, you get you, the measurables. I, I never in my lifetime dreamed that a five, nine quarterback would get drafted first overall when you see a guy like Kyler Murray. Yep. And so I, that would have never happened in, in 1995, for sure. Question from Paul. What can Kellen and company do to take this offense to the next level when Dak comes back? Rush has been good, and yeah. the defense keep us close, but we need to be scoring more than 20 points per game if a yeah. playoff run is the goal. Well, you don't need to be scoring more than 20 points a game if you're only giving up 19 or so. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and three get three games in a row with quarterbacks. Uh, you know, if you, you think about it, you know, with Brady, what two hundred something yards, two hundred change. Joe Brady, uh, Joe uh, Joe Brady, uh, Joe Burrow uh, under two hundred yards passing. This Daniel Jones under two hundred yards passing. You know, yeah, it's yeah, you have to score more. Absolutely, you're going to get in some games where it's a shootout. Taking the game to the next level, I've said it before. I think your running backs are starting to play at a really high level. They figured out how to use them. You got guys like you know CeeDee Lamb. If he plays like he did in the second half of that Giants game, I think you got something there. You know, look what's look what look what's going on with with Brown. You know, it, guys like that. I mean, the offensive line improving. You're going to get guys back. You're going to get healthier players. I, I I think this can only bode well. You know, Dak Prescott had to play with a bunch of question marks. On you know against Tampa, he, these question marks have kind of grown up for him a little bit here the last uh, three weeks and four weeks. I mean, they're probably one more game without you know Dak playing, uh, but you know we'll see what happens against the Rams. I, I just feel like that the play callers gotten better, the players around Dak have improved, especially the ones that had the biggest question marks about them. And we'll see, we'll see if in fact it's going to be up to Dak to have to go along. He's going to have to show that. You know, he got better because he wasn't good enough against Tampa. Oh, not at and all. there's and there's gonna be question marks. If he gets in this Rams game and they go out there and lose and look bad and the offense looks bad and they don't do anything, there's gonna be question marks. And then Philadelphia the following week, and if it happens again, there's gonna be even bigger question marks. And Jerry Jones was talking about a quarterback controversy. Well, I'm sorry to say this, Mr. Jones, you now have a quarterback controversy. If you go to if 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 Dak Prescott plays against the Rams and look bad, and he plays against the Eagles and they look bad then you're going to have a quarterback controversy. I think one of the ways that the offense can improve once Dak returns is uh, obviously Michael Gallup coming back, but uh, yeah. gosh, Jalen Tolbert's got to be better. They, they, they've got to, I think they need a vertical passing threat and they don't have one. Right Dalton now. Schultz with two tight ends, you know, let's get, you know, get Ferguson, get Hendershot, get all these tight ends more involved. You know, I mean, heck you can, you can get in 12 personnel and still throw the football. Especially with these tight ends, you can. Question from uh, Brandon Laurie here, uh, and this one kind of blends into my point about the offense improving. Is there any position you would trade for to help this roster eval after evaluating it three weeks into the season? If so, what would you give up, player or pick? I would be all for finding a vertical threat receiver. Go, it, it doesn't have to be a stud, but go for like like I don't need to go trade for DK Metcalf or Debo Samuel or somebody like that. But I do need to trade for somebody that I can trust on to stretch the field, somebody I can take a shot with occasionally 
Um, it can, it can be a, 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 like, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, go get me a Ted Ginn. Just get me somebody who can go, like, vertical down the field. Deshaun Jackson kind of player? Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Just somebody who once or twice a game I can take a shot down the field and feel like I've got a, I've got a chance there because that's what this offense is really missing right now, I think, is the ability to stress the third level of the defense. Like, Would you have felt different if CD caught the ball and Tolbert caught the ball? Um, no, because, I mean, that's still just two. Man, that those were two. I mean, that that play that that play designed that CD. Go, I know you went back the all twenty two. Go look at the sideline copy of how that ball, what they did to get the ball to CD on that play. I mean, it was. I mean, you had Noah Brown in, you had Henderson, you had everybody blocking for every state in to block. And man, it was it was well protected, and it and the route, the way the combinations, it was a it was so well designed. The only thing that was bad about that route was the finish. That's the yep. only thing. And they, they're capable of throwing the ball like that. They're capable. But, man, you've got to finish. I mean, I understand what you're talking about taking the deep shot. They took two deep shots that should have been caught. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that, that, was, that was two big, big, big plays that should have been made in that game. So, to me, I don't think they lack it. I think they just need to finish what they have. That's – you know, I'm – I, that's a great question, by the way, because I was trying to think what the defensive tackles. You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just wishing. I mean, I know that. I, I think he's that, really been good. I think. I think he has. I just don't know if everybody else has been good. That's that's. that's, I, that's I, I, I mean, Bohanna had a play the other day, and maybe your one technique is not supposed to be Booger McFarland or somebody like that making all those plays, or or uh, Vita Vea or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. You have been listening to the Love of the Star podcast. Uh, we will be coming at you with another episode tomorrow, two days in a row, Love the Star. Uh, we'll be previewing the Commanders a little bit more. Uh, I know Brian and I are going to uh, get as, as polished up on the Commanders as possible. Until then, we will uh, talk to you guys tomorrow.